Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered, The Blast. Dropping on in a Toowoomba kid that played 94 games over seven seasons with the Eels, Seagulls, Warriors and finished with the Dragons. Michael Witt, it's great to catch up with you. It has been a long, long time. I'm going to put you on the spot, my friend. Four clubs. Which one do you consider your club? Uh, I think the Warriors. I think the Warriors, I think probably... The two years we had there were pretty successful in terms of making semi-finals and getting close to the big games. And I've got the owner of the Warriors who lives a few doors down from me, um, Mark Robinson. So, Is that um, right? Yeah, I'd have to say the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Mate, you're a junior boxer of note in southeast Queensland. It's good for a halfback to know how to throw <laughs> their hands. Did it, yeah. Do you ever consider taking your boxing any further or too smart for that? No, mate, I'm, I'm a boxing tragic Absolute boxing yeah. tragic. Love my fights. Um, I had a pro fight when I finished playing. Yes. Uh, I had one pro fight. Um, I wanted to do that a little bit when I was playing for you, but um, the club sort of knocked it on the head. But um, once I retired from the Dragons, I had a fight in 2015, I think. So, mm. And I, I loved it. Yeah, loved it. It was um, something that I'm still entertaining, to be fair. Is it really? It, uh, you haven't given up mm. that athletic dream just yet? No, not yet. I, I speak with, uh, matter of fact, I was speaking with Brendan Smith today, who yeah. was uh, my ch- childhood trainer and still trains a lot of really good fighters up in Toowoomba, runs a gym. I was speaking to him today. Um, there's an event coming up in March in Toowoomba. Yeah. Um, so it's possibility, a possibility. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Mate, your brother Steve was with the Eels in the late 90s. Who spotted you and asked you to come down to the club to join him? Yeah, I think it was um, – he, he obviously got signed down there before me and Crusher Cleal took him down. Yep. Uh, Crusher signed me as well. Um, so I guess he was the one that sort of brought Parramatta's attention to me, I guess. Yeah. Um, they said they were sort of watching me already, but I think it was more the fact that they'd signed my brother. Um, and he was – yeah, he was an elite junior. Uh, had a lot of injuries once he got to Parramatta yeah. with his back. I recall. Um, he had a really bad – he had a bad um, bike accident, motorbike accident as a kid. Okay. And he snapped his leg, compound fracture. And uh, it ended up being that his leg, well, I thought he was going to lose his leg, Jeez. but um, it ended up being sort of a, a centimetre or so shorter. And I think that was, um, you know, the start, a lot of lower back and hamstring yeah. issue, which plagued him through his whole career. Every time he seemed to have a good run, he'd tear a hemi or do his back in or something. So, um, yeah, I basically followed him down. SG Ball in 2002, a grand final loss to the Magpies. In your side, mm-hmm. Brett Delaney, Ash Graham, yeah. Kane Cleal, Heath Lestrange, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Folletti Mateo, Johnny Williams, Justin Sulis, Josh Cordoba, Zeb Taylor. That is yeah. a hell of a lineup for an SG Ball footy side. We, we did have a good crew, actually. It's, um, I mean, Parramatta in those years were notorious for having strong juniors. Um, we won the club championship every year I was there, I yep. think, with um, the younger grades. And that was that was Crusher's work, um, Kevin Wise um, running those younger grade programs. And, yeah, we certainly had some good players in that in that team. 03, your debut. Who told you you were yep. playing first grade? And can you remember who the phone call you made to was? Yeah, Smithy rang me. 
Yep. It was a Tuesday. Smithy rang me on my phone at my house and um, Paul Green had just broken his face, like fractured his That's eye right, socket yeah. and was pretty busted up. Um, and I thought there was a possibility it might be me, but I thought I thought they'd take someone else. I was playing in the halves and reserve grade with my brother at the time. Yep. Um, and, and I sort of, yeah, I shit myself really because yeah. I was, Steve was my idol, my brother. Yeah. And they called me to say I was playing and, and he wasn't playing and I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to tell because I was embarrassed that I sort of jumped my big brother. Yep. So I was, yeah, I kept it to myself for a little bit and, and I think I called my dad and told dad and he was then the one who, uh, who told Steve and we were living together at the time. Was that an awkward night for you? <laughs> It wasn't for like it was for me. It wasn't yeah. for him. He was like, "You idiot! What didn't you tell me?" Like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, um, that's brilliant. awesome. Um, and we played. We had a different game. Like, I was more of he had sheer pace and was, was yep. a real good support player. And I was more. I didn't have that pace, any as you know. <laughs> I was just more of a controller, a kicker, yep. sort of. Um, you know, a bit more structure and, and steer a team around. So that's what um, Greeny did in the A grade and the first grade team at that time. So that's why I think I got the the head jump on him. Mate, in 2020, we're still talking about players breaking contracts and clubs not honouring contracts. Yours is one of the weirdest I can recall in 30-odd years. You signed a four-year deal. 12 months later, you were told by the same coach that you weren't part of the first-grade plans. That must have hit you like a sledgehammer. It was, it was a really weird one, Andy. Yeah, four years in, in that time too was unheard of. Yeah. Sort of two-year deals was a big deal. So, like, I was I was pumped that a club wanted to sort of invest in me for that long. Yep. And, um, yeah, and it was, wasn't even till like, I signed a new deal and then the start of the next year, I didn't even start in first grade. Smithy had a plan that he was going to play with two locks instead of a half and a oh, five-eight. So he was trying right. this new sort of plan. Yeah. So I think Dykesy was playing halfback at that time and, and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird one. So yeah. I started in reserve grade for about 10 games before I even played first grade that next year after just signing a, a four-year deal and they sort of say, you know, you're our future. Yeah. It's an interesting one, but, um, yeah, 12 months in and, and I was off. That is an absolute head-scratcher, mate. It was about this time that you did uh, a bit of work with Graham Arnold, the former Socceroo and Socceroo coach yeah. in, in terms of kicking. You've already mentioned that you're a, a kicker of the ball. I thought a very natural yeah. kicker of the ball as well. What did uh, – what did Graham bring to the table for you? Yeah, he was he was um, more relaxed coach. So I did a lot of goal kicking with Jason Taylor, who yep. was who was coaching at Parramatta at that time. He was my SG ball coach, and so I did a lot of goal kicking with him. And he he I guess modelled my style in a in a way that changed a few things that I had more uh, consistency. Yep. Um, and then when you get to Arnie, he's just such a natural striker of the ball. Like, just he could kick any shape of ball. No dramas at all. He just put the, the the rugby league ball down and snap it through the post. And he basically simplified my thing. Yep. Um, he, he wanted me when I was on the left-hand side of the post to go take a look, extra half step around and not so much on the other side. So he was just tiny little changes. Um, and it was just, yeah, made me strike the ball really nicely. Yeah. And then I had Daryl Halligan after that, um, who, again, you sort of grab pieces from each and, yeah. then, and work out what um, works for yourself. So the soccer guys can kick whatever shape ball. They're just natural yep. strikers of the of, of a ball. Just natural strikers of the ball. Like you can kick it such a long way with just effortless. You wow. know, kick it a long way. You know, you see a lot of guys try and that's the one thing with goal kickers when they try to kick the ball too hard, they lose their 
shape and the consistency. And that's one thing he was just – he gave me confidence in yep. knowing that a guy who's a soccer who's just, you know, amazing striker. He goes, you've got the strike. You just got to trust your strike and you don't have to worry about kicking it hard because you've got the distance to just yep. concentrate on on your technique. And I think that sort of worked for me uh, mate, moving forward. Mate, you went from Parramatta. You were snapped up really quickly and really early by Manly. You started and would finish the season in first grade. Ironically, yep. you played the Eels in week one of the semis. You could have been forgiven that it was a little bit personal. I mean, it was a it was the script was written. <laughs> well, you can say that. I guess if you if you go back through history, you'll note that. Uh, so that was two thousand and five. Yep. And I and yet in the last game in two thousand and five, and you'll find that uh, in two thousand and six, I didn't play the first couple of games because I was suspended. So it probably yeah. was personal. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, two years at Manly, then three with the Warriors for 43-odd yep. games. You, you mentioned how much you enjoyed your footy in New Zealand. Did you enjoy your time in New Zealand? I did, yeah. We loved it. Yeah, We loved it. At that time, we didn't have kids, um, me and my wife, so obviously it'd be a little bit different now, I think. You've been... You know, you fly here in Australia every second weekend, which yeah. I think would be hard with families, but we didn't have kids at the time, and... Um, I think that creates a really good team bond because you're always travelling together. Yep. You're always in a team environment in the hotel. So we're a really close bunch. Um, and we had a we had a really good mix of players there. We had old and young and yeah. we had, you know, Aussies and Kiwis and Polynesians and we had a real good mix. I think that's something that I'd spoken to Mark Robinson about um, when he came back and moved up the, up the road, just mm. about the back end of my time at the Warriors, they really tried to make it a, a Kiwi team and only yeah. signed Kiwi players. I just don't think it's possible to do that. You know, there's so many good young Kiwis over here playing for Australian teams. If they want to try and model the Warriors just around Kiwis, it's just not going to work. No, the the same problems, unfortunately, seem to keep popping up at the Warriors, and I think they've had their most successful years when there has been that mix. Yeah, I think any team needs a good mix. You yeah. need experience, you need youth, yep. um, you need players that can can be trusted just to run a game plan. You also need players that can create a bit of magic. Um, yep. There's no doubt there's plenty of those guys in New Zealand. The talent they have is just untapped. Yeah. Um, and then you just need a, a couple of Aussie heads over there, which in my time we had Steve Price, we had Michael Luck, Nathan Fien, yeah. experience. And then we had Ruben Wiki, who was like God in New Zealand yeah. to, to those guys. And whatever he said, they did. So it was that mix. 2020, Ruben Wiki is still God, and when Ruben says something, you do it, and you do it quickly. Mate, you also spent four years in the Northern Hemisphere. We'll have to catch up and chat about those experiences another time. How's retirement treating you? What are you up to? Yeah, good, mate. I'm, I'm living here on the Gold Coast. Uh, I sell real estate. I've been doing that for sort of four or five years now, so I work with a guy who I've known since I was a kid, but I love it. Um, it's you know it's a, we live in a great part of the world, so I don't have to sell the suburb. There's plenty of people trying to move to the to the Gold Coast, so I'm just privileged to to be able to working with some um, such beautiful properties. We hope you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Before you go, we'd love a five star rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. It helps us on the search engines and the charts as we look to expand the podcast in 2021. Oh, we also give away a free unfiltered truckers hat every week to the best review. Make sure you come back soon, legends.